Good morning. It's a Friday morning, and we're talking about junk. <laughs> you know, you show up to a house to, to represent them, to sell the house, and the house is full of junk. You can hardly believe how much stuff, I mean, is packed. Maybe they're not a hoarder's house, but the house is full of junk, and you can hardly believe it. You're everywhere you walk, there's stuff. There's just junk all over the floor. There's stuff you don't even know what to do with it. And worse than that, your seller doesn't even see it. Well, look past the junk. See the potential of the house. Don't get insulted. We're going to take this apart and, and figure out what do you do to build your business when you walk into a junk pile right after this. So, Rod, you want to give a $5,000 bonus? That's right. I want to give $5,000. And in fact, $5,000 is more than a lot of agents even made last year. Why do you want to give a $5,000 bonus? That's a lot of money. $5,000. I'm looking for a team. I'm looking for the best team. And I'm looking to bonus them $5,000. I don't care if you've never sold a home before or if you sold a hundred homes. I'm looking to put together the best team and put 5,000 bonus dollars in your pocket. So why don't we get together for coffee and talk about the details? Talk to you soon. The guru is back. All right, we're talking about junky houses. Junky houses, messy houses. What is a messy house anyway? Really, you walk into a house and it doesn't look like yours. Do you expect it to look like yours? You probably live in this wonderful, pristine house and you're like all of us. You don't see your own junk as junk. It's your stuff. But when you walk into a seller's house, and you're looking around, you gotta be careful because you're looking at, you want the house to look pristine. You want it to look sale ready. You want it to be in that position that people will walk in and be and go, wow, that's that's brand new. That's awesome. But that's not the condition that people live in in their homes. For heaven's sakes, that's not how people live their lives. They live their lives with stuff all over the place. They live their lives with, you know, they bring in bags and they put it in the chair and, and there's just stuff. So your job is going to be coaching yet again, earning your, your credentials in real estate is knowing how to coach your clients. Now, this can be coaching your clients to sell a house or to buy a house that looks junky because you never know. You just never know what the last agent how they coach or didn't coach their people or let's just face it some people are uncoachable you can say to them look your house needs to be cleaned up and you show up the next time and they say i cleaned the house aren't you so proud and you look around and you wonder what did they do you can't even find what they did all right let's pause for a second here let me get a sip of coffee this morning Slow it down a little bit. I mean, it's a Friday. Really, Friday is the opening day. I get excited on Friday because it's the opening day of the week for real estate. 
This is where we're going into the weekend. You're going to be making money this weekend. That's the goal. Show houses, write offers. That's the deal. That's the business. All right. Take a minute. Hit that like button down there. I love it when people hit the like button. Follow us on social media. We're all over social media. I love it. And on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and open up the Guru Members Only events to build your business deeper than ever before. All right. So you've got your client and it's a messy house. The first thing you need to do in this situation is get your client into a conversation and get them to define what they believe a messy house is. Because you have to get your head in the game on this. You have to start to understand what they think a messy house is. Now, lots of people are going to say, well, I don't care if my house is a little messy here. And really, their house isn't that bad. But some people will have a disaster going on. There's stuff everywhere. And you say, well, what what do you think? Is this, do you believe your house is show ready? This is how to start the conversation. You don't say to your client, well, do you think this is a mess? You, that's heading down the path of an insult. They're going to, they are going to hear, you're saying their house is a mess. That's not how you want to say it. What you want to say is, do you believe your house is show ready? Anything you would like to be doing to this palace? Anything you would like to do to this wonderful place that we're getting ready to turn and make great money on? And get them into the conversation so they can begin to define, well, I probably need to pick up this and that. And then you can add to the conversation like, well, yeah, you know, I would eliminate some of, some of the furniture. I would create the concept of space. By eliminating, and by the way, eliminate the junk. Although you're not going to say the word junk to them because people's stuff, it's important to them. Let me tell you, don't get between people and their stuff because it becomes very, they bought it, it's theirs. Maybe, maybe it's an inheritance. You don't know where the stuff came from or originated from. So be cautious about anything you say about their stuff. You know, all you're trying to say is we're trying to prepare your house to get it sold. And if they're a hoarder, of course, that, that's a special thing all its own. Well, we've done shows on hoarding, and we'll do, do a show on hoarding again. But hoarding is, is well beyond the concept of today of is there junk in the house? Okay, three main questions you have to ask yourself. Is it structural? That's right. Is it structural? That is, you know, is it a supporting wall problem? Is the wall tore up? Is it is it, does the house look junky because of a structural problem that becomes an integrity issue to the support of the home? Well, that that's a problem. Is it cosmetic? Much easier to deal with. You know, maybe it needs a coat of paint. Maybe it needs new carpet. Maybe it simply needs to be vacuumed or made to come in. Someone to come in and just help. And then finally, the third question. So structural, cosmetic, and what is the cost? What is the cost of change? 
And when I say what is the cost of change, I mean what is the cost of change financially and mentally? Can the people actually do it? Some people cannot face the fact that they are living in a mess. They don't see it. They don't understand it. They're not going to accept it. The cost is beyond their mental capacity to understand. And that, you know, everybody's different. I'm not even saying they're wrong. That's right. That's your guru saying, I'm not even saying they're wrong. Because people will live in any fashion they want to live in. You can't do anything about it. All you can be is the advisor and the coach. So how much will it take? How much will it cost to fix something? If it's structural, take it on our first question. If it's structural, it's likely going to take more money. A structural problem, that can be walls that need to be rebuilt. It can be sagging roofs. It can be sagging ceilings. It can be leaks that, that now look horrible. Even if the leak was repaired, you still may have the structural damage that resulted from the roof leaking or the eve of the house leaking. And now it's this horrible thing that everybody can see and needs to be fixed. And, and, they, and here's your client. <laughs> I was, it's Friday. I'm laying it all on the table here. Here's your client. Do you think that's going to lower the price of the house? And they've got this sagging eave from, from a horrible leak that happened five years ago. And you're looking up and the whole eave is bubbled down. And you say, well, that's, what's that problem? Oh, we had a leak. It's five years old. though. No big deal. We had that repair. Do you think that's going to be an issue for selling the house? And you're in your head, you're screaming, yes, it's going to be a problem. It's going to come up. That's structural damage. Everybody's going to want to know what's going on. You are better off to take care of it in advance, if possible. If possible, take care of it in advance. Now, some people simply can't. Now, the great thing is put it in the disclosures. You may even want to put a condition that you are willing to lower the price of the house based upon some cosmetic damage. Because if the home is cosmetically damaged, for example, it needs a new carpet. We're not talking structural things here. It needs a new carpet. And the home shows horrible. Maybe they've had an animal in the house that peed on the carpet and the carpet just simply destroyed. Or the carpet is 30 years old and hasn't been well cared for for 30 years. And now the carpet is horrible. You know, I was in someone's house here just recently and they said their carpet was more than 30 years old and it was in great condition. And that's not just to your guru's bad eyesight. My wife said, wow, that is, that is in really nice condition. I mean, they cared for the carpet. So old doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's not in great condition. There can be old things that are wonderful and in good condition. It's just less likely. Because over the decades, things happen to floors and walls and paint. They get worn. They get touched. They get messed up. So if the messiness is cosmetic in nature, 
you likely can remedy this. You can coach your people to remedy this with limited dollars. If the house needs painting on the inside, now painting a full house on the inside can be several thousand dollars, but it can pay off in the long run to selling the home and not getting that repair addendum that comes in for painting or, or even maybe worse, a reduction in how much people are willing to buy the house far beyond the value of having to paint the place. But once you go live, the, the wine, as they say, has been spilled. The marbles are on the floor. Your facts are out there. And you can't get it back. So this coaching has to happen in advance. Well in advance, the coaching has to happen. Let's remember, you're trying to make a client for life. Part of what you're doing is making a client for life. So you get referrals. So you got to pay close attention to your integrity on coaching your client here. Now, the same goes with the buyer. You bring a buyer into a messy house that's cosmetically messy. You need to be coaching them of the value of the house and what you can possibly do with the house. I've taken people into cosmetically messy houses and they just don't even want to walk in. They, they get to the front door, whoa, we're out of here. And, and coaching them to say, hold on, let's look beyond the mess. Let's look at the house. Forget the, the people's stuff. It's going to all be gone. When you move in, all this stuff, it's going to be out of here. So different kind of coaching, different kind of clients. Let's take a minute. Let's have a sip of coffee this morning. Hope you're having a great Friday, and I hope you're planning for a wonderful Friday to go this weekend and make some money. The goal every weekend, of course, is showing homes, writing offers. That's this business. If you're not growing your business the way you should, or if you don't have a hot sphere of clients that you are showing and you are writing offers for regularly, our Kickstarter program, and it's right down here in the banner, can help you. Can help you build your sphere. The, I'm talking the, I call them the hot 30. The hot 30 in your sphere, we can help you build your hot 30 that you are busy showing and writing offers for. And it and that hot sphere, the hot 30, rotates because these people are going to be winning offers and more people are going to be coming into your hot 30. And then you, ha you have a feed that's filling your hottest 30 in the sphere. This whole program is taught in the Kickstarter program. We teach you how to get people into your sphere, how to build a full-time real estate business. We go over these small concepts every day, just like we're talking today, the, the messy house concept. You have to know how to deal with the messy house. But ultimately, when you're dealing with the messy house, 
you are picking from people in your hot sphere. That Some of those people in your hot sphere are going to be people listing houses. And they're going to have a messy house and you're coaching them for this. Some of those people are going to be buyers and you're coaching them for this. And, and some of those homes you go to are going to have graffiti problems. Well, graffiti ultimately ends up being the no problem. It's insulting. You get. I, I had a house a few years ago, a rental, and they graffitied my fence. Okay, I had to go deal with it. Ultimately, graffiti, while it's ugly, it's insulting, it's a labor problem, you hate it, you're so mad at people, but ultimately you can resolve graffiti fast with paint. Paint or washing things. And graffiti all of a sudden is the no problem. But the problem is people tend to not want to do it. You may have to bring in a labor pool to help people. Often, tenants will leave a structure. They will leave your house and they will leave stuff in your house. You may need to bring in a labor pool to help you clean this up. You will Your client selling a rental home will take a loss for leaving a bunch of junk behind. And people will call it junk. They'll, ins they'll be insulting about it. They'll say, you've got a mess on your hands. We're willing to take your mess on your that's on your hands and take it for ourselves for 20% less. Well, that's not what your seller wants. If you're representing the buyer, you may be saying, let's go and lowball this and see what we can do. If we're going to clean up their mess, we're looking beyond the mess. You're going to want to bid it down. I get it. Even in this seller's market that is so crazy hot. It's, our seller's market is unbelievably hot. We even have less inventory right now than we did day over day last year. At this point in time, we were right here telling you. We have less inventory than ever on record in history before, percentage-wise. Now, a year later, what we thought we'd be in a different position. Once again, we have even less inventory. That doesn't mean that people won't take a beating and leave money on the table, even in the hottest market we've had in over 30 years without proper coaching to your client for selling a house, they can leave money, easy money. They can leave easy money on the table that they would not have had to leave before. So how easy is it to clean something up? Often the cleanup is not difficult like you think. If it is cosmetic, it just takes time. Get your washcloth out, get your paint out, maybe rip up some carpets, maybe hammer up some gutters, maybe fix some things that most of us have an ability to do. Maybe get a local handyman in that can help you do some of this. Maybe bring in some friends and family that can help you patch things together. Now, what about it? What about gutting out the kitchen? You know, that you walk into a house and the kitchen is a disaster. 
And maybe your seller simply needs to gut out the kitchen. Now, gutting out a kitchen can be a little, a little bit more. That, that can be a trick. But sometimes you're better to gut something out instead of leave it the disaster that it is. Because you don't want people to see something in such an unbelievable disaster that nobody can handle it. Yeah, there's two pieces of gutting out a kitchen or any area of your house. Of course, if you gut it out, you want to you want to have it cleaned up, even though it's gutted out, and you might be selling it to someone that, that buys fixer uppers because you're gutting out a kitchen for goodness sakes. Or you're planning to replace it, and you may be giving the people here you prepped the kitchen. By gutting out all the bad areas, maybe you had to take out the sink area, maybe you had to take, take all the refrigeration and all the, the dishwasher out, the cabinetry, maybe you had to take out, maybe you had to really go deep on this, that's possible. You can give a credit to the buyer to have this put back together and say, you can turn around what would be a problem to an opportunity and say, new kitchen to be installed for the buyer at their specs. And you go and you find, you hire someone to do this and get them ready, but you wait for the offer to come in so they can do this and be paid at closing. Now, this might be the special house. They're going to have to have some good equity to pull this off because the kitchen can run a bunch of money. Nevertheless, if it's that bad, by leaving it in a mess, you're probably leaving money on the table. All right. Missing appliances. Not the worst thing in the world. One moment while I sip my coffee. Depends what the appliance is and what kind of hole it makes. If it's a drop-in stovetop, that probably needs to be put back. You probably need to go find something because it's a drop-in. You've got a gapping hole. Everybody's going to want that. If it's a refrigerator that simply rolls into place, that's personal property, and you simply don't have a refrigerator. People may ask for it, but ultimately, you you know, it, it's personal property. Lots of homes are sold without a refrigerator. They simply roll into blades. But if it's a drop-in stove or a built-in microwave that now is missing, these are deeper problems. If the house doesn't have a kitchen at all, now you've got a financing problem. It's deeper. It becomes deeper and deeper the further we get into it. All right. So a messy house can bring on pests. Uh, let's just, you know what, let's get into some of the bad stuff here. A messy house can have a pest problem. Pest, bugs, and all the yuck that comes along with that. Y y if the house is piled up with stuff, and we're, again, we're not going as far as hoarding here. It just piled up with stuff, maybe on the outside. They've got piles of lumber and stuff that existed. There's probably rodents that have been living in that area because they like to hide. Unstacking this stuff, getting rid, will also get rid of the pest. 
Now, if the pest is involved, you know, rodents can be getting gotten rid of pretty easily. They don't want to be seen, and, and once you get rid of their hi hiding place, well, they, they kind of go away usually. I'm, I'm not a pest professional, but just telling you my experience. When it comes to bugs, if the bugs have gotten into the walls, you're going to have to call out an exterminator. And you're better to do that early on in the process before going live and before private inspectors come in and find it out. Because then you've got a problem going on. Now you've got you know, a deeper problem you're confronted with, and you've got a contractual timeline problem. So get prof a professional's opinion when it comes to bugs, particularly bugs. Now, your rat problem can be so bad, you got to get a professional. If it's just, you know, some hanging out outside by the shed, and they're hiding underneath the old lumber, well, get rid of the old lumber. Move it on. Often lumber, I mean, it's so expensive now, you can often advertise and people will come and pick up your lumber because lumber has become so crazy expensive. If it has any value at all, even if they have to cut off a small piece of it and the lumber is still okay, there's value in that. And sheets of lumber now running just a crazy amount of dollars. I mean, with the pandemic, lumbers went up to 60, 70, 80 dollars a sheet. It's really went crazy, which is pushing the value of homes way up. Also, it, it just went crazy. So be aware you can get rid of some of this stuff very easily by put going to Facebook and just advertising it on the marketplace for free. Not an overly difficult thing to get rid of on some of the, some of these things. Also, if you have property, you may have farm junk. Now, I use this term loosely before I get the comments in saying farm junk. What are you talking about farm junk, yard junk, farm junk, all that stuff? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm calling it loosely junk here. It may not be junk at all. You may have some old plows sitting around. I had a, I had an old bottom plow sitting on my farm here when I bought it. It's heavy. I mean these things are these things are iron. They're crazy heavy. I was able to easily offload it to someone who wanted metal. That wasn't even a problem. It was an old bottom plow. Probably could have sold it. But I went ahead and gave it to someone that wanted metal. Lots of ways to get rid of things nowadays by using the marketplace. Doesn't take long. And people will do the labor for you and come and take these things. Other things you may have to get a professional in to handle. You may need to get a drop box. You know, the garbage drop box where you can just throw anything into these things. Getting rid of tires and things like this. There's often limits of what you can put in the drop boxes when it comes to tires and some of those items. Tires, if, if you have tires all over the property, that might be very expensive to get rid of. It can be, you know, $5 or something like that per tire, right? Not exactly sure how much it's going for today. A few years ago, we got rid of some of those $5 a tire. It can That can add up rapidly as well as the labor to do it can add up. All right, today we've been talking about messy houses and the looking beyond the potent the junk to the potential of the house. And more than that, 
We're talking once again about coaching your client and preparing them mentally for the ride you're taking them on. And you are the professional. You're the one with the knowledge. You are the one that is gaining the respect, the credibility, and earning the trust of the client so that you will get in the long term that wonderful return of referrals and in three to five years most of your business is coming from the referrals from these very satisfied clients it's absolutely a thing of beauty this is real estate daily i'm your real estate guru and we are here to make your business bigger than ever before take a minute hit the like button send me a comment let me know what you think about the show let me know what you think about future shows future ideas. I love to get the, the, those concepts out there to make sure we are building your business bigger than ever before. And on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to open up the Guru Members Only events. And let's go and make a bundle this weekend. Talk to you soon.